Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Why do people keep putting good-looking young guys next to me? Is it just like, hey, maybe we can distract from Barry's balding head? Did they give you that note when you when they when they gave you the gig? It's the only reason I'm here. I hate to, I hate yeah. to tell you, I'm not here for football knowledge. Uh, yeah. And it's true, I started Bleach Report when I was four years old. That makes I am sense. twelve, so this is uh, you know I have to be careful on camera here with drinking. I'm not gonna lie, you got a good head of lettuce over there. Thank I'm just, you, sir. I'm jealous. That is, uh, I'm I'm I have hair jealousy of you. Fantasy football happy hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Insane. Hair jealousy. Make no mistakes. It is desperate. Desperately, I hate. I hate your hair, but I love the rest of you, and I hate it because I don't have it. I hate it because I ain't it. My name is Matthew Barry. He is Connor Rogers. Welcome back to the Happy Hour, served by Applebee's. Now that's We're right. Now served by Applebee's. That's right. I don't know. I sort of feel like the gang at Applebee's just never watched the show. Somebody in corporate's going to get fired at some point when they realize they're. They're presenting this that they've spent money. They've spent money to put their name on this train wreck. But you know, God bless Applebee's. Thank you so much. So we are we are officially served by Applebee's these days. And by the way, we um, we have a special guest today, Connor. Yes, it's not me. Just no people know. I'm not. I'm not the special guest. You are absolutely not. You are absolutely not the special guest. The special guest is Stefan Diggs, fantasy football royalty, NFL royalty. Uh, lead wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills, who a lot of people have as a Super Bowl favorite. Um, we uh, we expect them to have a huge year this year. And let me know when do we have Stefan here? Do we have? We're ready. There he is. Let's go, Stefan Diggs. Stefan, one of the things I want to ask you here about is uh, for Josh Allen. You and Josh Allen, from the moment you got there from Minnesota, you guys clearly had a connection. And we've seen, we've seen all sorts of examples of the kind of connection you guys have on the field, off the field. You have a special handshake. But then I've noticed Josh has a special handshake with everyone. I've seen he's got one with Gabe and Isaiah and everything like that. Like, like are you jealous? Are you je- like, yo, Josh. <laughs> nah, nah, I'm never jealous. Uh, you got to know that we like a real team. Like, one of those teams that's like kind of like close-knit, like, uh, the creativity and the fun part, that's how we keep it fun out there. We're so serious. Nine, nine times out of ten that we got to have a couple moments of just like, all right, let's, let's let's get back to that child's game. So I don't get jealous at all. All right, well, that's good. That's good. And listen, because especially, by the way, you know you're getting yours. You're not worried about it. You know, <laughs> when Josh is back there and he's looking around, where's Stefan? Where's Diggs? Where's my guy? So you know yeah, you. You, you know that's happening. But I'm, quite, I'm, I'm curious, Stefan, in this offseason, you've had such tremendous success since you've gotten to Buffalo. I mean, you've, throughout your entire career, let's be clear. But especially since you've gotten to Buffalo, the, the connection you have with Josh is so special. You guys have taken a new heights. 
But I know you. I know you're never satisfied. I know the Bills aren't satisfied until you're hoisting trophy. Are there any specific goals that you set for yourself personally this year? Anything that you and Josh worked on in the offseason? Talk to me about what your expectations are for this season. Well, I spent a lot of time uh, self-reflecting and, you know, thinking about where I was as a player. Uh, I signed an extension this offseason. I was super excited about that. So it was definitely something that, in my mind that how am I going to take this next step? How am I going to uh, continue to grow as a player and as a person? So for me, the main thing was really just discipline myself. Like, when offseason, I was getting up at 5 a.m., like 4.45, just to get a workout in early. And I kind of just started really committing myself to new new challenges. Like, I try to take up Spanish, and I try to do different things. Just small things to kind of just start with my consistency and my, my discipline because I feel like it'll carry over. And then regarding, like, the offseason with Josh, you know, going into training camp, I've been with him. I've been with him. Well, we're going on our uh, 100th year right now. So we spend so much time together, it feels like. Uh, continuing to grow as a player with a quarterback that was that special, uh, I was I was lucky to be able to stay on my team. You know what I'm saying? Like I see, I saw a lot of guys. You know, a lot of guys got traded this off season, and they got you know they got new new chapters. And I I kind of went through that myself, and it was da- it was damn sure uh, nerve wracking a little bit, but I was excited, and it ended up working out. So at this point, it was more so uh, how can we get better? How we how can we get better at such a pivotal time? Uh, in a time that we all need, we need to win right now. No, I, I, which makes a ton of sense. Just question, learning Spanish, is, can you now talk trash to a corner in two different languages? Uh, <laughs> no, nah, I, I haven't reached that Kobe heist yet. I've uh, well, him uh, speaking another language uh, somewhere in the Olympics. I haven't reached that yet, but hopefully uh, sometime soon I can, get, I, can get some, I can get some words out. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good if you just, as you're blown by some corner, you just, you, you, you yell at them in two different languages. I'll still awake. Yeah, exactly. There you go. There you go. Absolutely. Did we, we lose him? him? We lost we him. We lost him. He said adios. He, did, he, may, he may have said adios. Well, hopefully we'll get him back there. But let's talk real quickly about what we expect, Connor, from this Bills offense. I, I mean, I think we all expect this to be one of the best, if not the best, offense in the NFL. Absolutely. I mean, and it starts right at the quarterback position where they have a superstar talent, right, with Josh Allen, which I think our conversations are, how high can you take him? How high do you take him? And then you wonder, how many pieces of this offense can be significant fantasy contributors, right? That's one right there. Sure, sure. He's the no-brainer. But when you look at Gabe Davis, I mean, he's somebody that should take big steps. We love what Dawson Knox can do at tight end in their backfield. So let me ask you, Matthew, it's simple as this. Where are we willing to take Josh Allen? Because he, there is a, a perceived gap between him and then the tier of Mahomes, Herbert, and Lamar. There is. I, look, and I'm probably not going to wind up with Josh Allen. Listen, if you're in a super flex league, you're in a two-quarterback league, Josh Allen is the 101. Yeah. If you're in a dynasty super flex league, yeah. Josh Allen is the 101. But I think in a standard redraft league where you're only playing one quarterback, as much as I love Josh Allen, I think there's a number of guys – we, we, were in a, we were in a draft last night, me and some of the show staff here, and I wound up with, it was, it, I wound up with uh, Lamar Jackson. Yep. I'm good. I'm yep. good with Lamar Jackson. Alexa sniped me on Jalen Hurts. He was not one happy. Of our producers. I was not happy. Yeah. Alexa will the hear about it. Uh, yeah, 100%. Um, uh, but my point is, is that as great as Josh Allen is, like, I think there are a handful of quarterbacks that maybe not as good as Josh, but will... Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, you know, uh, Justin Herbert, obviously. So he's currently going 22nd overall into the second on Yahoo. That's too high for me. I'm at 41st overall. So into the third, fourth round, 
I don't even mind taking a quarterback to the fifth round. If you're in a 10-team league, you shouldn't be taking him till the fifth. So yep. I am. I don't think you want to wait too long on quarterbacks this year. I do think you want an elite option, but I'm not willing to take Josh Allen in the second round in a league in where you're only starting one quarterback. Yeah, I'm starting to gravitate that way as well. All the other quarterbacks really come off the board starting in the fourth is their average ADP yeah. where it begins. Talk about Mahomes, talk about Herbert, talk about Lamar. But let's stick right, with – Right, those guys. But Yahoo's going 22nd overall. That's what's correct. I mean, like, the gap is massive. Correct. Yeah. And I don't think – as much as we love Josh Allen, I don't think there's that massive a gap between him and Herbert, him and Mahomes, him and Hertz and Jackson and, my, and Kyler. So, uh, here we go. But I do think, you know, he's sort of being underrated here. And it's not just because he showed up on our show, um, you know, and uh, wasn't driving. Safety first. Yep. We appreciate that for Stefan. Uh, is that Stefan Diggs is currently going uh, like 12th overall. And I think he's somebody that you could, if you draft him in the, anywhere starting from the middle of the first round on, I think you're fine with. The thing that's crazy about Stefan Diggs so 9.6 targets game last year was seventh among wide receivers. But he led the NFL in end zone targets last year. He actually got unlucky with a touchdown, despite the fact, despite the fact that, you know, Stefan Diggs, um, you know, uh, was one of the best wide receivers in fantasy, wide receiver nine on a points per game basis. He actually left some meat on the His bone. Meat on the bone, yep, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and with, with Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley out, uh, you know, and just, and I don't want to say just, but, like, less experienced wide receivers. We've got Gabe Davis. We have Isaiah McKenzie taking a step up. They, they added Crowder in the offseason. But Stefan Diggs might get an even bigger target share. I'm told that technical issues are uh, – we've, we've solved them. And we have Stefan Diggs back. back. There he is. <laughs> Stefan. Thanks, right. you. No, appreciate you. We, 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 listen, you're a busy man. It's, the season's about ready to start. We can't wait to see you Thursday night. The season opener in L.A. against the Rams right here on NBC. So we're, we're excited to see that. I know everyone is. But I'm curious, Stefan, as you've been going through training camp and the OTAs, yeah. we're curious. Yeah. I mean, Stefan, we know what you can do. We know what Josh Allen can do. But there's a lot of new faces in Buffalo. Who is a player or two, it could be from offense or defense, that you think is poised for a breakout season up there? Von Miller. Oh, well, we know yeah. about him. Yeah. Yeah, that's a – a new face that should recap. New face. I don't know that he's a breakout, he's, Stefan. I think we're we're aware how good Vaughn is. He's on everybody's radar, but I think right now he's playing at such a high level, and people don't really even realize how much of a high level he's playing on. Uh, considering how, how we've been seeing him day in and day out, um, I think he's 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 on. He's probably the best he's ever looked, if not if not better. Um, and then we got we got some we got some other guys. Uh, some uh, Tim Asanen and Tim. Um, He's a he's a difference maker on the defense. Um, we got the guys that are stepping into new roles like Isaiah McKenzie and you know Gabe Davis. We we got a I feel like we got a plethora of people. And then we got a little bit of James Cook throwing in there on that offense. It's a uh, Jamison Crowder on that offense. It's a it's a lot of it's a, it's a lot. It was hard to make this team. I think this team was one of the most hardest as far as like depth wise uh, to even make. So I think we in for a lot of surprises. These new faces, they came in and they and they they fit the mold. They were those, those were those puzzle pieces that we kind of I feel like we needed just to add some sprinkles on top for sure. Well Stefan, I know you're here joining us uh, because you and your brother Trayvon joined Sachs as chief ball mm-hmm. officers. Obviously of course Sachs famous for its patented ball park pouch, hammock shaped compartment built into every pair of underwear to deliver friction free support below the belt. So we appreciate we appreciate Sachs for making you available to us. What I would like to do I'm, go ahead. Underwear, by the way. I don't know what kind of underwear you wear, but I'm gonna I'm gonna see if they can get a package out to you guys. Yeah, send it to me. I could use it. What my, my guys my guys uh 
they photoshopped me and Connor into a pair of them. I don't know if you can see this. <laughs> we said this is what we look like. We look pretty good in pairs of sacks. I have to tell you. So, uh, <laughs> like that's a, like I'm like I, I'm gonna put that picture on Tinder. You know, yeah, like you I'm it. yeah. I'll never wear anything Christian else. Mingo. Christian Mingo. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, Stefan, we'll, uh, yeah, maybe your people get it to us here. I have a question for you. So, you know, we, we, we deal in fantasy football. You're a real-life NFL player. You don't have to deal with fantasy football. But because you're such a good player, you have inspired a number of fantasy football team names named after you, people that have drafted you on their fantasy teams. So I wanted to read you some Stefan Diggs-inspired <laughs> names, and you just sort of give me a thumbs-up, thumbs-down, react to some of these, if you can, real okay. quick for us. All right. Diggs in a blanket. That's a thumbs up. That's uh, a thumbs up. Can you digs it? I don't know. I kind of heard that too much. Yeah, it's a little bit. Eh, it's all yeah, right. It's a little played out. I'm with you. Stefan the gas. I bet. That's not bad. Right? I, I, I can get that. thumbs up. Yeah. Uh, dig Newtons. Not a fan because I don't yeah. like it. <laughs> I know. They put it on my sheet. I'm like, I, even as I'm reading it, I'm like, hey, he's not going to like this one. Getting diggy with it. Yeah, it could have been better. Could've yeah, it could have been, been better. better. All right. Steph, I feel like uh, Diggs in a blanket Diggs and Steph on the gas are the winners think, there. But those are pluses. I think I'll hang those up somewhere in the house. I appreciate that. I have one last question for you, and then we'll let you go because we know a lot of people want to talk to you. But for the young kids out there. He's asking for me. Yeah, for the for young kids like Connor here and, and the other kids that are watching, um, if the, and those that the dream of one day being a chief ball officer. What advice can you give the young kids, you know, to, to follow on that path and, you know, maybe when you're ready to hang them up, uh, yeah. that they could, uh, they could take over? No advice. Uh, you got you to gotta continue to grow and keep, continue to work as a person because, you know, it can't just anybody be a chief ball officer. You got to have some, some level of expertise and, some, and not only that, some confidence. As you can see, guys dropping the ball and stuff like that. You know, keep breathing confidence in those guys because one one day they'll grow up and be big and strong and, you know, can achieve all their dreams like their mom told them. Well, listen, no one knows about the importance of balls more than a wide receiver. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) Stefan, listen, we appreciate you joining us. Have a great season, man. Good luck to you and the Bills. Like I said, we can't wait to see you Thursday night against the Rams on Thursday night football here. uh, Sunday night football, I should say, on Thursday night in L.A. against the Rams here on NBC. So uh, appreciate you, and uh, good luck with everything this season. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you guys. Uh, and, and thank you again for your patience and the inconvenience. I'm going to make sure I get those underwears out to you. Good. Man. All right, there Thanks, you go. Stephon. Appreciate it. Was it. Absolutely, I'm excited, man. Appreciate you. All right. Thank you, Stefan. All right, man. That is uh, fantasy royalty, Stefan Diggs. So I think that, you know, listen, he's going to get drafted high. You pick him as wide receiver four, wide receiver five. Honestly, Hard for me to justify him over Justin Jefferson. Sure. But after that, if you wanted to take him over Jamar Chase, if you wanted to take him over uh, Devontae Adams, like, I ain't looking at you weird. Like, I, again, I am at five. I'm at wide receiver five. Yeah. I have those four ahead of him. But he absolutely, number one wide receiver in fantasy is within the range of outcomes for Stefan Diggs this year in that Bills offense. Well, let me ask you this. Do you like the value of him at the, let's say, top of the second? And that might be a little too kind. More than yeah. taking a mid-first-round wide receiver like a Jefferson, like a Cup, like guys like that. Do you like playing the value because of your point about the touchdowns might expand this year? Yeah, I, look, I don't mind it. And by the way, it depends on sort of how – if you're in a 12-team or 14-team sure. league, and it depends on sort of how the draft goes. But if you're at the end of the first round, and, like, you're sitting there and, like, 
most of the it's been fairly running back heavy, and you're sitting there and you're looking at like Diggs or Nick Chubb. Yeah, give me stuff well, on Diggs yeah. all day, every day, right? Yeah. I mean, like, so I mean, yeah. I think it sort of depends on who's out there, but I he is a viable first rounder this year. He is absolutely a viable first rounder, and he should not get past you know pick thirteen, fourteen in any league that knows what they're doing. Other options on the Bills' offense, we yeah. expect a lot out of out of this offense, and so. I've been high on Gabriel Davis, right? Gabriel Davis currently going 69th overall um, on Yahoo. I'm 43rd overall. I'm all in on Gabe Davis. I'm uh, wide receiver 21, just higher than the consensus on Yahoo as well. Look, this is a guy who was top five in the NFL in end zone targets last year among wide receivers, despite the fact he was 98th among targets, total targets of wide receiver. There were 11 different games in which he had under 20 routes that he ran. Basically, what those numbers tell you is that he wasn't on the field very much, and yet when he was on the field, Josh Allen was looking for him in the end zone. Again, top five in the NFL in end zone targets. He had only five games last year where he saw five or more targets. He scored in four of them. And then, we, you know, again, I'm not expecting another four-touchdown game maybe ever in his career, but that playoff game against Kansas City showed you what he's capable of. He's a special kid. He is, and I think when you're projecting him, you need to look at the background. of the, Number one, 69th ADP is – that's late. I mean, I'm with you that I would take him much earlier than that. Coming out of UCF, probably poised for a third-year breakout just for the typical timeline of wide receivers yeah. like that. A later drafted guy coming out of a smaller – or a smaller program, not a premium program. So, I look at Gabe Davis, and I'm with you. The target share is going to be up this year where he's a true, true value at that spot. Real quickly, because we're up against the break. We had sure. some technical additions, but I'll just quickly run through. I think Isaiah McKenzie's a really interesting sleeper. You heard Stefan Diggs mention him. Buffalo top five in the NFL in slot targets last year. Like, McKenzie's a little bit banged up, so it might be Jamison Crowder for week one. But make no mistake, when, when healthy, the slot role there is Isaiah McKenzie, and he's going basically undrafted on Yahoo, wide receiver 68, really like him. Uh, you know, Devin Singletary, I think, is somebody who's also being undervalued. I'm at running back 22. He's going as running back 29 on Yahoo. Look, Josh Allen played in the preseason. Josh Allen got six snaps yeah. in week two. That's all he needed. Devin Singletary was on the field for all six snaps. I think maybe, maybe Zach Moss gets a couple of goal line carries. Maybe they use James Cook a little bit on third down. But I think Devin Singletary gets 70% of the running back share here on a team that's going to be you know, on the field quite a bit. I think he's being undervalued as well. Not crazy about uh, Dawson Knox. I don't mind him. He's currently going as tight end nine. I'm just worried he's a little bit too touchdown dependent. Um, but love the player just from a skill, st- a skill set standpoint. Just I'm just nervous. Does he get, because we expect an increase in touchdowns for, for both Diggs and Gabe Davis, does Dawson Knox get the kind of um, uh, end zone work that he had before those are the guys that I'm in on. You want to take a late flyer on James Cook, I don't mind it. You know, Jameson Crowd, whatever. But that's, to me, that's the fantasy-relevant players on the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, McKenzie's a guy that's going to get those manufactured touches. When they, they can use the pitch passes to him, the jet sweeps, the bubble screens. And that offense is so open because of how much attention you need to put on Josh Allen. You need to put attention on Diggs, where you're right, where McKenzie can really uh, find a nice role there. And he's free, like you said, going on draft in most leagues. It's, he's free at that point. And then one more note uh, with the backfield. It feels like they've completely phased Zach Moss out, which opens more of the door for Singletary. I mean, right? It feels he was, non-existent. He was a healthy scratch in certain yeah, games last year. Out. So, I mean, he's, he's still there, but like, it feels like this is going to be Singletary's backfield with maybe some James Cook sprinkled in. When we come back, Connor and I will not be wearing underwear because we've got some new ones on the way. I mean, that right?
since Eats and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Just because it's a promo doesn't mean it ain't true. Prep for your draft with the latest player rankings, projections, and more in the NBC Sports Edge Fantasy Football Draft Guide. You know you're drafting this weekend, and you know you need it. It's powered by Roto World, the premier source of player news and fantasy information. So take advantage of our preseason special. Not a lot of days left to do that. Get the draft guide for just $5 when you use promo code DRAFTGUIDE at checkout at NBCSportsEdge.com slash DRAFTGUIDE. Look at that ride or die. Jalen Hurts looking good on the cover. Time now for sleepers, breakouts, and busts. Connor Rogers and Matthew Berry back with you here on the Happy Hour. Cheers. TGIF, thank God it is Friday. Right. That's what that means. At a bar, I feel like, you know, it's probably two-for-one jalapeno poppers back there. Something like that. We need – listen, now that we're served by Applebee's, can we get some actual, like – can we get some food? Can we, can we hook a brother up? Or, you know, like – Exactly. You know, we had the menus. Underwear and Applebee's. Underwear and Applebee's. Today's a big Friday for us. All right. Time now for sleepers, yeah. breakouts, and busts. Yeah, an exciting one to start with, right? We've got to start with Michael Gallup, who it's hilarious to me, Matthew, how a guy necessarily not being ready for week one affects the perception of drafters. Right? Mind-blowing. This is somebody that will play in a good offense with a high-end quarterback, yeah. And the target share for the taking there with Amari Cooper and Cedric Wilson out the door, guys that combined for almost 30% of that target share, it's on a platter here. You like him. I, I really do. He's currently going as wide receiver 71. you got to scroll quite a bit to find yourself some Michael Gallup on Yahoo. And to your point, like he's not starting the season on the physically unable to perform yeah. list. We will see if he's there week one. Sunday night, by the way, against the Buccaneers right here on NBC. I'm a company man, of course. But the fact is, so whether he's there or not, he's going to be there sooner rather than later. He's going to be the number two target in Dallas and what we think is a good offense. Remember, he had, he had seven targets last year in five of the seven games last year. At least one end zone target in six of his last nine games. Like, Jerry Jones said, if this were the Super Bowl, Gallup would be lining up and playing. So we know that he's close. That's a quote from Jerry Jones on August 31st. I'm at wide receiver 59. He's going as wide receiver 71. And I'm probably too low on him at 59, to be honest with you. So, you know, this is a guy who last year in a much more, you know, when he was injured and in a much more crowded, you know, uh, lineup because they had Amari Cooper there, he was still wide receiver 43 on a points per game basis. So, top 35, top 30 within the realm of possibilities for Michael Gallup on a points-per-game basis this year. 
Again, he's going as wide receiver 71. The fact that he's questionable for week one, and you bring up a great point as people head into their drafts this weekend, people are going to see that little red Q next to their name, and they're going to be like, ah. They shy away. They shy away. And so there's going to be a ton of value this weekend for guys like that that aren't that hurt. You know, yeah. again, Zach Ertz is another, you know, great example of that. We, uh, Jay and I talked about him the other day. But uh, I think Michael Gallup, especially at wide receiver 71, he's not even being drafted in a lot of Yahoo leagues, is a massive value this year. It's crazy. And he's somebody that will consistently get good red zone work in this offense. I mean, CeeDee Lamb, of course, but the door is wide open for an uptick in targets. I just, man, when you look at it, that is stealing. He, he's a big guy that can go up and win those 50-50 yeah. balls. That, you know, like, he's, he's a nice red zone target. All right, let's talk about another one from the sleepers, another wide receiver, Josh Palmer. Yeah, sure. An interesting player because we have such a sample size of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams in this offense that you know what they're going to do week in and week out. We know what Austin Eckler is. The third guy kind of gets forgotten about. Why is Josh Palmer a sleeper to you? Well, it's two reasons. Number one is Keenan Allen or Mike Williams. When they did not play last year, he averaged 16.4 fantasy points per game, both Allen and Williams have dealt with injuries throughout their career. Um, Allen on the wrong side of 30 at this moment. At least six targets and a touchdown in all those games last year. There were two games in which Allen or Williams did not play. 35% of his routes last year came out of the slot, so I think they can take advantage of Palmer. They really like him. He's had a strong preseason. And we think, as as you sort of talk to uh, people around the league in terms of what's an offense that takes the next step this year, Chargers is one of the first names out of everyone's mouth. We all expect big things out of Justin Herbert in year three. We all expect big things out of this offense in, uh, uh, you know, this season. So my expectation here is that Palmer's a, uh, a deeper league guy that will, get, uh, that will have some nice value, that will carve out standalone value. But certainly, if anything happens to Allen or Williams, he's a lock-it-in starter. Yeah, Mike Williams basically on the uh, injury report is questionable the entire season last year. Found a way to play on Sundays, but as you get older, that starts to get impacted. So maybe yeah. Josh Palmer gets some work as he's, a he's going. A, he's going 183rd overall on Yahoo. I'm at 127. Again, I still am late. Like, don't get crazy. Like, when Kenan Allen and Mike Williams played last year, you got a 6% target share. But again, they had other guys there. I think Josh Palmer has had such a good preseason and keeps pr- improving that he is clearly the number three. And I think this offense is going to be good enough that potentially in deeper leagues, Three wide receivers can be fantasy relevant. And we know what Justin Herbert could do throwing the ball down the field. Palmer's the vertical guy, even more so than Keenan Allen. Mike Williams wins the jump balls, but Palmer has a little bit more juice to win down the field, especially if he gets more of those targets out of the slot. Another one, looking at the backfield, though, Michael Carter on the Jets. It's been the summer of talking about Brees Hall to the point where you and I have talked about before, Brees Hall's probably being overdrafted. Definitely being overdrafted. And now it's leading to Michael Carter almost being forgotten about. Even though the Jets are telling you throughout the preseason, this is probably a 50-50 split in, total, in the workload total. Yeah, I mean, I think this is more about roster construction. It's not that I think Michael Carter has this amazing year. Yeah. I, do, I do think he's part of a committee on a team that we don't expect to be winning a lot of yep. games this year. However, this is somebody who last year was pretty solid, right? This guy was a top 32 running back on a points-per-game basis last year. We expect the Jets to be better this year. Not a lot better, but we expect them to be better this year. He had 45% of the total rushes for the Jets, so he's not just a pass-catching back. They don't mind using him between the tackles. They, they like using him in a lot of different ways. I'm at 99th overall. Yahoo has him at 121. He actually had more snaps with the starters than Brees Hall in this preseason just because of based on where they're going. Again, on Yahoo, he's going at running back 44, 121 overall. I just think compared to where Brees Hall's going as a top 20 running back on Yahoo, Carter's the much better value, I think, uh, in terms of roster construction and 
he does have some passing down work. Yeah, and Tevin Coleman, kind of a surprise cut. So now you don't have the worry of a third running back eating into those two guys. Yeah, you'll see some Ty Johnson. But this a is going to be Brees Hall and Michael Carter. Yeah. Without a doubt. Another guy in a crowded-ish backfield, but feels like he has a defined role, Kenneth Gainwell. Yeah, you know what? I mean, that's the thing. Is I think that Miles Sanders and Boston Scott are going to be more competing more than people probably realize mm-hmm. for for some of those early down roles. But when you hear, um, and this is John McMullen reporting this, uh, quote, that Kenneth Gainwell is, quote, penciled in for high leverage situations like third downs, hurry up offense, and goal line work. That's from somebody who covers the team every day. So the expectation here is that I think his value has nothing to do with Miles Sanders or Boston Scott. Like he has a defined role in this offense and Miles Sanders has had trouble staying healthy. He's had trouble holding onto the ball. Um, I, I know they like Boston Scott here, but, again, it's all about roster construction. He's going as running back 57, 156th overall on Yahoo. Like, he, he's basically not being drafted. He's free in many leagues. And so Gainwell, who I have at running back 44, 119th overall, like much higher than where he's going on Yahoo, I think he's pretty interesting, especially when you think about how productive this guy has been when he gets the ball. Last year, in terms of fantasy points per touch, minimum 100 touches, he had the second most fantasy points per touch, the second highest average Kenneth Gainwell did. So, like, when he gets work, he's productive, and I think he's in line for more work in this rebuilt offense. Again, Eagles, one of the best offensive lines in football, really easy schedule. He's a nice pass catcher. They can use Gainwell in a lot of different ways. I just think he's interesting going how late he's going. I agree, and he's that next guy from Memphis, right? That is, they're running backs, but they're really unique players. Tony Pollard, another Ooh. guy from Memphis. They, they recruit the same guy and play them the same way. They can motion out to the slot. You could do those dump screens to them. They have a very defined pass-catching role. But like you said, you're one Miles Sanders injury away from him having a much bigger role. And all the attention those tight ends command in the middle of the field, we know the talent they have wide receiver now, that might open up a lot more room for the outlets for the running back passes like Gainwell. I've said this every single year, and I've made a profit on saying this every single year. They do not want Miles Sanders to be an every-down back. He has had multiple opportunities with multiple coaching staffs to be the guy, and they have never, ever gone to him. And there's a reason for it. They don't think he can stay healthy, and he has, he has ball, uh, ball security issues. So, anyway, we like, uh, we like Kenneth Gainwell. Let's move on now to breakouts, some guys that we think are going to break out here. And I got an interesting call. You like my name? I, I think it's interesting, Darnell Mooney, Darnell the Mooney. first one up, coming off a good 2021 in what was yeah. a bad offense. Correct. Over 1,000 yards, four touchdowns. That, that's the number that you're probably looking at that sure, is sure. going to jump up, right? Yeah, I mean, look, but here's a guy who last year was the 23rd best wide receiver in fantasy in terms of total. And to your point, everything that possibly could have gone wrong for the Bears last year did. Andy Dalton in and out, you know, they had Justin Fields, uh, he looked unprepared, I think, and I don't blame that necessarily on Fields, I think the coaching staff seemed overwhelmed, bad offensive line, it just, everything that possibly could have gone wrong for the Bears offense last year did go wrong. Allen Robinson clearly wants out, he's, they're not getting along, right, and yet, and yet Darnell Mooney, over 80 receptions last year, over 1,000 yards, still only the four touchdowns, but yet at the end of it still finished as the 23rd best wide receiver in total points in fantasy football. He was top 10 among wide receivers in both target share and total targets. He had five or more targets in 16 out of 17 games. He had the fourth most deep targets in the NFL. That I love. And from the, just from the eye test, Connor, the kid can play. Yes, he gets open down he can, the field. He can play. Yep. And so 
Allen Robinson no longer there, new offensive coordinator, new coaching staff, new regime. We expect better a better year out of Justin Fields. Nowhere to go but up, yep. right? And the thing that we had Jason Garrett on the on the on the show yesterday, and Coach Garrett who went to Bears camp and so he just said, "Look, here's the thing about Justin Field. He can make every throw, and they want to get vertical, and they're going to have to because of his speed. I think with Mooney, they're going to have offensive line issues in Chicago, and I think he's not just going to be a deep threat this year. I think they're going to have to manufacture touches for yep. Mooney. They're going to have to do those. They're going to do sweeps and quick slants to try to get him." in space and, and take advantage of that speed and yards after the catch because that offensive line is just not going to be good this year and Fields is going to be under pressure. you got to get him involved. You can't have deep threats that get lulled to sleep the first half of the game and it kind of takes them out of the game. And then here's the other thing, Matthew. Outside of Cole Komet, who I know you are high on Very in high. comparison where he's being drafted in Yahoo Leagues, I, I mean, who else? Exactly. It's Mooney. Right. There's I mean, not even Byron close. Pringle? Like, Bellis Jones? Like, I mean, and I like Byron yeah. Pringle, actually. But I, what they I are. Right, but like... Mooney is the number one wide receiver on a team that is going to have to throw. And, and so just massive target share there. I do not understand why A.J. Dillon, and I've been banging the drum here all preseason. He's finally up to running back 24 on Yahoo. But for a while, he was going much deeper than that. I am as a top 20 running back. I am higher in, in both in the positional and the overall ranks. All in on A.J. Dillon. First off, Aaron Jones sometimes will miss a couple of games. When he misses games, A.J. Dillon is... Top five running back in fantasy. 21.2 fantasy points per game last year for Dylan when he was the number one running back for Green Bay. He had eight different games last year with 15 or more touches, averaged 14.8 fantasy points per game in those games. And that's important because, again, with no, age, with no Devontae Adams, they're going to lean on this run game even more. If you think about how the Packers are constructed this year, they've got a really good defense. They've got a really good defense. They're playing at Lambeau. They've got an, uh, an inexperienced pass attack. And so I think... The running back, it's going to be a more balanced attack this year. Yep. They're going to, both running backs are going to get theirs. Um, obviously, Dylan led the team last year in red zone and goal-to-go carries. We expect that to continue this year. They're going to be in scoring position often, obviously. But the other thing about Dylan is that this wasn't part of his college game. This is probably not that, something you scouted, but he caught the ball last year. Yes. 34 out of 37 receptions, and you're not like, that's not a huge number, but that's... It matters. It matters. He proved to Aaron Rodgers, hey, get me the ball in space, and I can actually catch this. Not something they asked him to do at Boston College. Never. Literally right. never asked him. So to see that in the Green Bay offense is huge, and I, I love this one, first off. I want to say, when I saw this, uh, this is the one that I absolutely love because you see the running backs being drafted ahead of him that are also in, you know, have interesting work shares. I don't understand it, and I don't want to give away any of the busts yet, but... This one, to me, this offense can support two running backs because of how different they are. We know Aaron Jones is going to catch the yeah. ball. We know they're going to get a lot of carries. But the point that you made about A.J. Dillon just being a monster in the red zone, t- commanding so much of those carries, is what takes him over the top, being significantly undervalued. Not being top 20 on Yahoo is insane to me. He was running back 23 in total points last year. He was running back 23. And that was last year when you know that they yes. had Devontae Adams yes. and, they weren't, and you know, they were just working him in. Matt LaFleur literally said, uh, Aaron Jones and uh, A.J. Dillon are 1A and 1A. Uh, it is going yep. to be a true split, and I do believe that offense uh, will be able to support two fantasy-relevant running backs. One team that usually doesn't support any fantasy-relevant run, relevant running backs is the New England Patriots because they, they're so committee-heavy. But I'm in on one guy. 
And it's not Damian Harris. It is not Damian Harris. Ramondre Stevenson. It is Ramondre Stevenson. I am hashtag Team Ramondre. Ramondre over Damian Harris. Yahoo has that reversed. They have Stevenson going as running back 32, 91st overall. Stevenson, I have 20, running back 27, 72nd overall. So higher in the positional yeah, ranks, higher and significantly higher in the overall ranks. I think Stevenson has a real shot to be something special this year. And I also think he is he should be one of the top zero RB targets. If you if you eschew running backs, by the way, first reference first use of the word eschew on nice. the happy hour. A little bit too big of a word here for the for the bar. But the the fact is is that if, if you blow off running backs at the top of the uh, at the top of your draft, Stevenson should be an early target. Had five different games last year with twelve or more touches. 18.5 fantasy points per game, had at least 75 yards from scrimmage in all of them. Fifth among qualified running backs in yards after uh, yards per rush after first contact. Two games with 35 or more receiving yards, and that's the key here. He's, of all the running backs that are on the Patriots right now, he's the only one that has three down ability. Harris is great. Harris is great between the tackles. He's not going to be really involved in the passing game, right? James White is retired. And so we'll see about Ty Montgomery, but ultimately I believe Stevenson gets all the, almost all the third down work and I think he splits the early down work with Harris. That's a team that wants to be run heavy this year. And I'll throw this in. They are shifting to his own scheme. They've been predominantly a man-power kind of scheme. His skill set fits that, not Damian Harris. I look at his skill set and go, yes, all of the workload in terms of being the receiving back is wide open, but he's actually the better early down runner, I think, for what they're trying to do on offense. I know it's been a little ugly over summer. A lot of people are starting to you know, panic over there, but this is going to be a run-first football team. And I think he's ready to be, finally, for New England, finally be the guy. He's their new LeGarrette Blunt in a sense, with a higher workload. Yeah, I mean, I, but, I, mean I think he's going he's gonna to – but LeGarrette Blunt never caught passes. No. I mean, Stevenson's going to be a, a pass catcher as well. Again, under 150 touches for Stevenson last year in a productive rookie year. I think there's a chance he doubles that number this year. I'm all in on Team Ramondre. Uh, I, had, I had a source tell me that they think they're going to use him like Camara. Which would wow. be like you know, and I was just like, oh, so we'll see. I mean, like yeah, again, yeah, yeah. that's a sort of like who sure. knows, you know. And um, but uh, I thought that was interesting. I thought that was really, really interesting. All right, now we have to get to sad face. Yeah, bus. Friday vibes. Friday vibes. Um, I wish we ran out of time with Coach Garrett yesterday, but I wish we could have asked him about Amari Cooper and see if he agreed with me on this. I want no part of Amari Cooper this year. No part. Uh, you know, I have him, I'm lower on him than uh, in the positional ranks on Yahoo. I'm lower on him in the consensus ranks. And even when it's gotten to a point where I should take him, I don't want to. I was in a 14-team league yesterday, uh, and I, I went uh, – it was a super flex league. So I went quarterback heavy, and then I went Kyle Pitts in the third, and then running backs. And so I was looking for wide receivers. I was sifting through the sand trying to find some wide receivers. And Amari Cooper just kept – every round, I'm just like nah, – mm. <laughs> Here's my concern on Amari Cooper, right? And there's a lot. So last year, under 20% target share, career low. Under 58 receiving yards per game, career low. Lowest since 2017, I should, I should say. Didn't get 1,000 yards since 2017. If you look at his splits, um, his splits in cold weather, not great. Now he's going to Cleveland. Cleveland, obviously, it's an outdoor stadium. It's cold and it's windy. Like, think about how many games we've seen over the last couple of years where there's, like, this game in December in Cleveland. It's and it's, like, blowing around. Yeah. And it's like, they can't throw it all. And that was with, like, Baker Mayfield. And now they've now. got Jacoby Brissett. And everyone that – feel free to back – I am actually am a Baker fan. I think he's better than he gets credit for. I think he was in a tough situation in Cleveland. I'm looking forward to see what happens with him in, in Carolina. 
But whatever you think of, of Baker Mayfield, I don't think there's a lot of debate that he's better than Jacoby Brissett. And so, like, you're not, getting, you're not getting Deshaun Watson there until week 13. And we don't know what we're going to see out of Watson, who's yeah. been basically out of football for two years at that point. Will have been out of football for more or less two years. And looked rusty when we did get to see him. That's Look, being kind. Being kind. And so, I don't know. Amari Cooper, like, I just, I think it's a low-volume offense that's going to want to try to grind it out and win with a run game. Um, he'll get his, right? He's a talented player, right? You know, he's going to be the number one option, and they got to throw to someone. I get yeah. all that. But I just, you know, it's going at wide receiver 31, and you have to see some of the guys that are going around him. I just, one of those heebie-jeebie guys that just gives me, ah, someone else can have him for this year. I'm with you. You always have to worry about, being injured, being focused, and then now the Jacoby Brissett factor that completely flips the offense upside down for him. So for Cooper, uh, I, it's hard to be really excited about the prospects of taking him as a top 30 wide receiver this year. I feel like some of the targets, too, in that offense, because of Jacoby flipped to David Njoku, it's just yep. going to be a tight end, uh, middle of the field passing attack, very run heavy. That's not exciting for fantasy if you're no. looking at the wide receivers. Especially because Cooper has, has made his living on those big plays. Yeah. You know, and so... You know, maybe next year, full year of Watson, you know, you could get into it. But um, anyway, uh, he is a bust for me. Another bust for me, honestly, and this is more about draft position and roster construction than it is necessarily about the player. But I will say there's not much on tape after Cam Akers came back that makes you feel good about the player Mm -hmm. as well. Well, he tried to... You know, listen. It's a it's a medical it's, miracle that it, he came back at all last year. It's insane. Like, let's just ask an answer. Right? Like, he is he. Yeah. It was a medical miracle. Like, all due respect to you know, amazing story for Cam Akers to even play in the playoffs last year after coming back after you know uh, tearing his Achilles. Like, that's ridiculous, right? Yep. That he, that's he the played. glass half full that we saw Cam rushed back from an Achilles. Now he's had time, sure. but we want to talk the half empty. Yeah, here. sure. So uh, what fascinates me is when they rested Kyron Williams, the final preseason game. Rested Kyron, Kyron Williams. A day three pick yeah. who was the best pass-protecting running back in the draft last year. Right. Fell till day three. Sean McVay seems very high on him. There's yeah. also two guys in front of him. So this, to me, could be less. Cam Akers could look great this year. Yeah. But what does that workload look like? And now if he's not the guy on third downs, you're basing it all on early downs work where he's still splitting those carries. Not even factoring that we don't know if he's the same guy anymore. That that's correct. That so my concern is, uh, my concern is first off, yes, is it a three-headed monster? Because Daryl Henderson was good last year. First yeah. eight weeks of the season last year, Daryl Henderson's top twelve running back in fantasy. I mean, like he was Daryl Henderson was really good, uh, and, and at least last year they didn't use the running backs in a passing game that much. No team in the NFL was worse in terms of running back target share last year than the Los Angeles Rams because they have Matthew Stafford, who's got this cannon of an arm. And they've got Cooper Cup, and now they got Allen Robinson, and Tyler Higby's yeah. a threat in the middle of the field, and they like Van Jefferson there as well. Like, they don't need to dump it off to the running back all that much. And Henderson is a nice pass catcher. And as you mentioned, Kyron Williams, really good in pass pro. So maybe they ha- he's out there, and so if a play breaks down, Stafford's dumping it off to him. So first off, it might be a three-headed monster. Um, so we're concerned about that. And we're, we're concerned about the fact that um, we don't know if he's the same player. Again, after coming back from the Achilles, during that playoff run last year, he averaged 2.4 yards per carry. Sometimes people bounce right back, young players, and sometimes like Achilles injuries are like one of those that just sap every yep. – and just some running backs never recover from it. And so will he have that burst that we saw prior to the injury? We don't know that. And the fact that he's going – and this is the biggest thing for me. He's going as running back 17. 
I would much rather take a late, if I want a piece of the Rams running game, give me Daryl Henderson, you know, eight rounds later mm-hmm. than Cam Akers, who's going 36th overall. Yeah. I haven't I'm I'm running, I haven't met 49th overall much. And honestly, I think I'm probably too high on him. I, I, at, in terms of value, I'd much rather have Daryl Henderson or even take a, a, you know, a dart throw on Kyron Williams than a top 17 pick. Um, among running backs on Cam Akers. He just makes me nervous. It, it's a big investment, especially we just talked about A.J. Dillon, and he's not even in the stratosphere in terms of where he's A.J. Dillon over Cam Akers all day, every day. And, and the spots are 20-spot 20, 20 difference. That's, that's what you have that's to crazy. factor in. That's what you have to factor in. Listen, I hope I'm wrong. I, you know, we root for Cam Akers, but yeah. uh, I, if I'm wrong, it will be, you know, he won't be on any of my teams uh, this year because of what it costs to acquire him. He's in that running back dead zone that we talked about on the Draft Day Manifesto show earlier in the week where it's just like if you don't get an early running back, blow off running back for a couple of rounds. That rounds four through six running back dead zone. I just, you know, if ETN's there, there's one or two guys that you can live with. But other than that, like I'm just sort of waiting for the A.J. Dillons, the Ramondre Stevensons of the world, not just grabbing a, a Cam Akers just to have a guy or a Josh Jacobs who's the next guy on my bus list yep. here. I'm nervous. Again, this is somebody who last year and throughout his career has been touchdown and volume dependent. Last year he got the volume. Last year he also was involved in the passing game. But new offensive coordinator and uh, new play caller, new regime. We've already seen the Raiders in this offseason. Like they got rid of a lot of the, the early picks yeah. of the or- previous regime. That's like, what New England regimes do when they go somewhere else. They clean it out. Yeah. And so Josh Jacobs was not a McDaniels guy. He sort of inherited him. I thought it was really telling that first preseason game. Hall of Fame game. Hall of Fame game. You're not supposed to know most of the people playing in the game. Correct. Derek Carr didn't play in that game. <laughs> Devonta Adams didn't play in that game. Darren Waller didn't play in that game. You know, like, you know. Second quarter, but, Josh Jacobs just right, run into the offensive Right up the middle. What are we doing? What are you doing here? Yeah. And so, anyway, I just... My concern on him is that he doesn't get the passing down work because I think that's going to be Amir Abdullah. I think Zamir White definitely has a role in this offense. Josh McDaniels, if you think about uh, you know what he did in New England, like he was a running back by committee guy. As we you know we talked about it, Ramondre, right? I mean we know never start a Patriots running back because you never know who it's going to be. He comes from that school, and I don't think he's had a uh, I don't think he's had a running back get over 130 carries in a season since LeGarrette Blount. I could be wrong on that stat. Correct me if I'm wrong, Blake. But I, I think that's correct. And just instinctually, we know they're running back by committee. So here's Jacobs not getting the passing down work. He's splitting with Amir Abdullah and um, Samir White on a team that, by the way, just added Devontae Adams, one of the best red zone wide receivers in the NFL. Like, I don't know if the touchdowns are even guaranteed. He's currently going as running back 22 on Yahoo. No, thank you. It sounds like a Waller extension could get done. So you're looking at this being a Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro offense. They're not a good run-blocking offensive line to begin with. No. And that's going to take time with this regime to get going. So you look at Samir. Two things that scared me, Matthew, right away. Not picking up the fifth-year option is always going to scare you. Yeah. Drafting Samir White in the fourth round, that's a, that's a serious investment at running back. That's not seventh-round flyer, UDFA. That's a similar skill set to Josh Jacobs. Clang and bang in between the tackles, break tackles, grind out yards, yeah. grind out early downs. So uh, I think it's crowded there for him, and I think he looks like the odd man out in the eyes of the coaching staff in terms of getting a big workload. To your point about the offensive line, Raiders last year 28th in yards per rush before first contact on running back carries. He's not going to do it. Not going to do it. By the way, and you don't need to because you got Devontae Adams and Darren Waller yeah. and Hunter Renfro right. and a pretty good quarterback in Derek Carr. When we come back, we're going to do um, 
More football talk. Plenty more football talk. Yeah. I think we're doing a divisional preview, but I'm not even sure what it is. At some point, I should really attend a meeting. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Oh, oh man. So just so y'all know, look, all the tight ends are super big, so I'm calling the Transformers. What was Optimus Prime? I say, they're going to make a try. Where's Jazz at? Jazz is Kylan. So now I got to figure out two other games. Oh, I don't know. So we got Starscream. Yeah, Starscream. The jet. Starscream? You, you remember the jet from Transformers? Huh? Thunder Jet. Except for Starscream. You turned into a oh, man. Um, you know what my Transformer name would be? Bumblebee. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Right? Isn't that one? I've never seen the Transformer movies, but I think one of them is called Bumblebee. Is that right? Research, get on that. I think one of them is. Whatever the wimpiest Transformer name is, that would be mine. Uh, but you I don't like transform. You just stay the same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like this is me transformed. <laughs> I got makeup, and you know, like you know, they try to make my hair look so- semi-presentable and everything like that. Like it's, you know, this is this sadly is me transformed, <laughs> Connor. This is. Do you understand? You're like, uh, you know, you can't really transfer. I'm like, no, no, this is after they've done work on me. That's how bad it is. You know what I do? I go into the makeup I, every day. You know, we have, we have makeup and hair people here, and they're, they're lovely. They're really wonderful. And I go to them, and you know what I do every day? I, I, um, I, uh, we see, like, this is what my, my graphics team, like, they put together, they put hair on me. They're something like, to think about, by the way. I might, I might do that. Um, but here's what I do, Connor. I go into the makeup people, and you know what I do is I look them in the eyes, and I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize to them genuinely. I'm like, I know I haven't given you much yeah, to work good with. Christmas yeah, yeah, good. Like, oh, you have yeah, no idea. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I, I'm so, I know, I know you got not much to work with here. Just please, sorry. I'm, you know, like, you know, and they literally like, you know, they, you know, they, not even like little brushes. Oh, paint brushes. no, exactly. They yeah. get in the paint hazmat house. suits and they, yeah, yeah. you know, the burn, you know, they. Um, anyway, all right, we got five minutes for the segment. Real quickly, AFC, AFC South, South divisional burning questions. Real quickly. Optimus Prime, Mo Alley Cox, I kind of like him. Are any Colts besides Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman worth drafting? I kind of think, I kind of think Mo Alley Cox is a late round tight end sleeper. Am I crazy here? No, because listen, Matt Ryan likes throwing to tight ends and running backs, so that boosts up a Mo Alley Cox. That can boost up a Naheem Hines. So. I like Mo Alley Cox here because, listen, the production's only going to go up. 24 catches, 316 yards, four touchdowns last year. That was with Carson Wentz. It's going to be a different story this year. And, listen, this isn't crowded with wide receivers where you're worried where all these targets are going besides Michael Pittman. 20% target share last season for the Indianapolis Colts. Of course, Jack, Do- Jack Doyle retired. Um, I, Mo Alley Cox ran a lot of routes with the starters in the preseason. 
He's not even being drafted in Yahoo. I kind of like him. How about Naheem Hines, the guy that was giving out all the, uh, uh, all the uh, nicknames right there? Frank Reich, in May, Colts head coach Frank Reich said, quote, if I was a fantasy owner, I'd consider drafting Naheem. Like, I think, again, to your point with question marks at wide receiver, Paris Campbell hasn't been able to stay healthy. We'll see about the rookie Alec Pierce. I kind of like Pierce yeah. as a flyer here, but... Hines could be used more in the passing game, not just as a backup to Jonathan Taylor. That's right. Matt Ryan, at this point of his career, and most of his career anyway, when things aren't there through his first, second read, he's okay with going to the running back. And that's going to be Naheem Hines a lot. It's not just going to be Jonathan Taylor. So I I like that, especially when you look at his value. Yahoo has him at running back 47. I mean, just nothing there. They're not taking him seriously. Titans, Traylon Burks. We've talked a lot of bad about Traylon Burks. Have we gone too far the other way? Has the ADP fallen too far? I think so. He's currently going as 136th overall, wide receiver 65 on Yahoo. Again, this is a first-round pick. This is a guy who was a top-20 pick. This is a guy that they drafted to be the replacement for A.J. Brown, who, by the way, last year had a 27% target share. He was fifth among wide receiver and end zone target share. I could see him having, again, he's a very different type player, but a Jalen Waddle or a Mon Ross St. Brown kind of season where he struggles to get on the field. It, it, not really the production there, but second half of the year, I do think Burks is somebody that's pretty interesting. Don't mind him as a bench stash as long as you're not counting on him early in the season. Especially if you're in a keeper league, that would be the guy I'd be stashing on the bench. That's the kind of picks that can win you he, he, two years in advance. A thousand percent. He's, Jack- a first, he's a first round draft pick. Those guys usually get on the field. Jacksonville. Interesting backfield here with Travis Etienne. People are forgetting James Robinson is healthy right now. How do you see this one shaking out? Is there somebody you like here? I like both guys. I actually think both guys have value because of where they're going. Again, it's all about roster construction for me. I have Etienne as running back 17. He's currently going as 21 on Yahoo. I'm 36th overall, 46 on Yahoo. So I have him higher than consensus, both possessional and overall. Again, eighth in running back targets uh, last year in, in 2020. 2020, I should say, we know what ETN can be. You scouted him out of college. He's a special Explosive. player. Explosive. Yeah. And Trevor Lawrence knows a little about Travis ETN. Yes. People are forgetting that. That matters a lot here. This is a team that's going to throw a lot again. Doug Peterson coming in, former NFL head coach, former Andy Reid disciple, former uh, NFL quarterback himself. He likes to throw. Make no mistake, though, Doug Peterson, you think back to his days in Philadelphia, he likes multiple running backs. And so James Robinson, who previously uh, you know, was a r- top 17 running back in a points-per-game basis before his injury last year on an offense that everything went wrong on, like, he's back. He's, he's going to be healthy. He may start a little bit slow. But Robinson, who's being left for dead, running back 45, 123rd overall on Yahoo. Afterthought. Give me James Robinson. I think both these guys, especially given where they're going in ADP, both guys will have value in a much better Jacksonville offense that has a great schedule. The opposite of that, Damian Pierce. He's on a rocket ship right now. You have him as RB26 at Yahoo. He's been recently going RB34. How yeah, it's going can, up. It's going up. How yeah. early are we going to reach top twenty running back status for him at some point of this season? I, I, listen, or it's still a team that's going to struggle to score points, okay. and you know it's it's one thing to run against vanilla defenses in the preseason, but he is going to get a lot of work. Pep Hamilton does like to run the ball um, quite a bit. I think he's been uh, uh, pretty good. I am at running back twenty six. So I think he's a flex play with upside, candidly. I'm at 68th overall. He's currently going 93rd on Yahoo. But, again, that's based on the entire preseason, and he has been rocketing up. I think he's in the uh, – I think he's in the uh, – I think he's just outside of that running back dead zone. So right in the Ramondre Stevenson, A.J. Dillon range is where I would take Damian Pierce I'm in on Damian Pierce. Okay. Uh, the, the hype is getting a little bit too crazy yeah. on him. Yeah. So let's go, let's, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. But I do think Damian Pierce is a viable RB3 this year. 
Running back 26 for me. We will be back with Last Call right after this. If you're not sick of my voice and you want to find out more of what you can, uh, more of me, you can watch full episodes and clips of this show on Peacock and on the new NFL and NBC YouTube channel at all time. Of course, you can listen 24-7 on every major podcast platform, wherever you get it. NBC Sports Audio on Sirius XM Radio. Follow me on Twitter at MatthewBerryTMR, all forms of social media except the, college, except the uh, Fantasy Life app. And, of course, read me at NBCSportsEdge.com. And it's Collar, College Colors Day here at Last Call. We got cues here represented. You went to Albany. Yeah. They couldn't even find Albany colors here. No, no, here. no. There's no purple on this. No days. purple. But we got Ohio State of Michigan, Maryland. We're so thrilled to have the Big Ten here, a part of NBC. Of course, we are company men. But we got Q's here, too. Q's in the house. I like this hat, man. This is like a good fit. This is a sweet hat. Go orange. So uh, last weekend without college, without pro football, so we got college football. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Have a great weekend. Happy drafting. For Connor Rogers, I'm Matthew Berry. Peace out. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.